0: We're listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt Adam. (laughs) Uh. Good morning,
1: Matt. Good morning, Adam. (laughs) Welcome to day (laughs) 343 and 344. We're laughing, um, but it's not funny. (laughs) We're laughing because... We've been Uh, nonstop recording these since uh, yesterday. We're trying to get ahead... Because we know Christmas Christmas is going to be busy. <clears throat> and then I'm leaving town like on J- January 1st. And so we're trying to like, we, don't, we can't just follow every day here in the last stretch. And so I'm exhausted. <clears throat> and I just told Matt leading into my little guitar uh, lead in, I'm exhausted, but I'm going to show him what a real pro looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and so expect a great show. Uh,
0: but anyway, <clears throat>
1: that's where we're at today. Uh, I wonder where you're at. Okay, you can answer that quietly in your own brain. Where are we at in the Old... Thanks for joining us uh, on Fed by Ravens. Where are we in the Old Testament?
0: Our Old Testament reading for today is Zechariah chapter 9 through 14.
1: We also got some tough sledding here with the the back end of Zechariah. If you can remember the front end first eight chapters. Which were amazing. Were uh, all this apocalyptic literature, uh, the revealing kind of revelations of end time stuff uh, that had implications immediately for Israel and also in the future where it's all saying God is protecting them to rebuild and he'll secure their boundaries and their borders and be their God. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. And then in chapter 9, honestly, it feels like... um, It's kind of like other prophecies, but they're not, I couldn't really connect them. I had a hard time connecting where this was. Yeah, so
0: so there's not a whole lot of, so these last um, six chapters, there's like a lot of, uh, there's no like context clues and Mm. it seems to be written later in his life. And the idea, the way to almost think about them is they're almost like apocalyptic proverbs. Okay, Uh, that's helpful. And so a lot of it, you start to want to force it into like actual history and be like, oh, this is about actual history and some of it kind of is, but a lot of it's also like end times, big picture, uh, what God, like almost like zooming out and going, this is the pattern that's been set up and this is how God is always interacting with his people.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, Because again, Zechariah is written just before the second temple is completed.
0: Yeah, so this portion actually might be written after the second temple is completed.
1: All right, well, uh, in the first section, judgment on Israel's enemies, basically he's going to protect us, right?
0: Yeah, so this is, um, uh, God is, again, reiterating, this is actually not new, we heard this in Ezekiel, about um, the Lord is going to bring judgment on the surrounding nations who have felt safe, who have persecuted and rejoiced over um, Israel's destruction and downfall and who have um, been against Israel's uh, resurrection or return from exile. And so he's like, you guys are going to face my judgment, and even though you feel safe, you're not. So if this was written after the temple is completed... Um, it makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the the main one is Tyree, and uh, it doesn't... And Tyree is not um, wiped out until Alexander the Great hits the scene, and that's, like, a hundred years.
1: So, let's just get to some of the highlights. Like, in chapter one, then, after... uh, It's in verse nine. Great section about... um, Yes. Behold, your king is coming. So, the kind of king that... you are receiving is righteous, having salvation, humbled and mounted on a donkey.
0: Yes. So the the other parts of this uh, section are amazing because there's a lot of great uh, references to uh, Jesus yeah. throughout all of, all of this.
1: Yeah. It's like referencing Jesus as the next big event. Mm-hmm. And then there's end time stuff too. So, uh, But this, if, if you're familiar with um, the triumphal entry as of you Jesus. enter into Easter... Jesus enters in on a donkey Mm -hmm. into Jerusalem, and so uh, this is what Zechariah talks about in the prophecy, Mm -hmm. that he would come in as a, and the key there is that he's a king of peace, not a king of war, and that's the great uh, expectation for our king. He can afford peace because he's all-powerful, and he's all-loving. Most kings can't do that because they're they're trying to get power. Um, Or if they're all loving, they get abused by other powers and Mm -hmm. our God can handle it. So he comes in on a donkey. And then there's this line that I I like. I forgot it was in here. Where he says, return to your stronghold, old prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore you (laughs) to you double. Did you have any thoughts on prisoners of hope or
0: did that stick out to you? It did stick out to me. Uh, And just the idea of, we are captured by this hope that we are going to have peace and have a king who is yeah. loving and awesome.
1: That's what we're prisoners to, is mm-hmm. that, yeah, is that uh, we return to our stronghold, that God will protect us, that he can protect us. And then even the thought for me, I don't know how often you think of it like this, but God can crush all the enemies
0: mm-hmm. at any
1: given time. Right. But he's not. Like, I don't think of it from that perspective all the time. So if you try that exercise and go, oh, it does give you, it's like a, an adult playing with kids or something. Like, I could defeat you at any time, but something we're doing something else here. We're mm-hmm. being gracious and helping and loving and not just conquering yet. Right. But my trust is, one day, it'll all be taken care of. The yeah. Lord will appear. Oh, he says he'll appear over them like a cloud in the desert, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so um, in the uh, latter part of chapter 9, the Lord is kind of pictured as like a thundercloud uh, protecting his people. Uh, giving them rain and uh, provision while also uh, defending them against the surrounding nations. Perfect. Uh, Then we get into chapter 10. And at this point, chapter 10, the Lord's just like, ask me for whatever you need. I will provide. Ask me for rain, I'll provide for rain. Uh, He's like, unlike the uh, false gods and idols that you and your ancestors have worshipped constantly, I will actually do the things that you ask.
1: Yep. The restored kingdom is going to be amazing. It's uh, full of God's strength, <clears throat> compassion, victory, land, joy, God's presence and strength. It's all declares the Lord. So that's kind of chapter mm-hmm. 10, that we are anchored in a sure promise of the restoration.
0: Yeah, and, and, and then that he's like going to bring all of his people from all the nations together. Cool. Uh, and then uh, I the, think he even, in that one... Oh no, he's just gathering all of his, all his people from all the nations. All right. So
1: the flock is doomed in chapter 11.
0: Yeah, so chapter 11 and then maybe a little bit of chapter 12. Anyways, chapter 11 was a really hard one for me uh, yeah. trying to figure out what's going on here. But uh, the idea, though, is how God was kind of interacting with his people originally, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm interacting, I'm loving. I'm serving and tending to the needs of this doomed flock, this flock that is doomed to wander away from me, to be torn up, to not listen. And they have awful leaders, awful shepherds that are tending over them. And then even when I became the shepherd of them, I just got sick of them because they are not good. Right. And so I break my favor over them and I break my unity over them. Um... And then there's, like, this weird, all of a sudden, like, reference to Judas betraying and being paid 30, like, he's, like, paid 30 uh, things of silver. Yeah, 30 and he, pieces. And then he throws them on the temple floor. Yeah. It's like, what? What is happening?
1: <laughs> this is, yeah. Zechariah, man, it, it gets a little bit tough to follow, but you're seeing things that you recognize, like, whoa.
0: And mm-hmm. so right
1: there, I mean, uh, 30 pieces of silver is the price of a slave, traditionally, right. you know, so... He basically um, gets paid for the destruction. It's like, it would be like someone paying someone, like I pay you to watch my sheep, but then you end up destroying the sheep and I still pay you. Mm -hmm. And then you throw the money back. Like it's a huge mess. Yes. Um, And so this is basically a lament about being abandoned. This is kind of the law and gospel. Like it's, there's law to it. And then the gospel is coming in chapter 12. Yes. So um, there's this language now that the Lord will give salvation, and on that day, there's like an end times. On that day, um, our strength basically will be in the one who stretched out the heavens, the creator of the universe, and who founded the earth. He will yes. save us. Um,
0: and then in verse ten, wait, wait, is a uh... okay? Sorry, no, you're good.
1: I had verse ten just because it says, "I will pour out on yes. the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace." And mm-hmm. please for mercy, so that when they look on me, on whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him, as one weeps over a firstborn. And then it goes on, but this, uh, they call it messianic kind mm-hmm. of prophecy stuff, is so amazing. Like,
0: yeah, so what's starting to happen here? And what I've been piecing together is that the Lord is showing the transition of, like, okay, this is how things were set up before. Yeah. But now you guys had mess, like, you've had bad shepherds. You cannot follow my words. You're prone to wander. And yet I'm going to set up a new era Mm -hmm. where I have a leader who is me who will. Uh, die for you, who will take the punishment that you guys deserve, whose death will set you free and cleanse you. And at the end of this, and uh, verse one on uh, chapter 13, he says, on that day, there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanliness.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you just said it. So if you've been with us for the, this first 11 minutes, we got it. We finally got yeah. to it. I think the Zechariah, this part of it, the second half, is preparing the people of God for the transition of Jesus, the Messiah, coming. Mm-hmm. Because there's a transition that is needed. And that is the expectation of a war leader, mm-hmm. the expectation of how that goes down is shifting. Not the, not the character. so it's still land and temple and people, but the way God's interacting with land, temple, and people is all shifting. And that's like the biggest uh, confusion at the time <clears throat> of Jesus because, and we've said it as pastors, like the people were expecting this kind of king. And right. so. But we've always left that transition like, oh, well, they should have kind of figured it out. But actually, God has given them the prophets mm-hmm. and was walking them through it for those who had eyes and ears. I didn't have eyes or ears to get it until right now. Yeah, I mean, I was bumbling through the first ten minutes of this episode, going, "He says this, and I feel like we just put it together." Right. The transition is a little confusing mm-hmm. because it's the same result but a totally different route. Right. Wait, why is he talking about shepherds with broken staffs? Why is he talking about uh, being pierced? Why is he talking about riding in right. a? Because he's breaking
0: the old way of he's breaking like, the mold. He's breaking like the law over Israel, which is, "I will be your God; you will be my people." If you serve me, right, but they can't serve me.
1: And he's sending one now. So, who will serve
0: me? So now I have to set up a new ruler, a new shepherd, who will come in, who will be pierced for you. Um, and then in this next section, he talks about how also in this on that day, mm-hmm. idolatry will be cut off; they'll be removed from the land. That there uh, people won't even prophesy in the name of other gods because they're too. Like, the destruction on idolatry and um, the false prophets was so intense. They're like, we're good. Um, <clears throat> and then he says this new shepherd. Then all of a sudden, the new shepherd that he's set up, yeah. he says, uh, a Waco sword against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me. So now all of a sudden the Lord is turning and striking down the shepherd that he's just set up, the good shepherd That he's just set up over his flock. Now he's striking him down. It's confusing. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? But he just set him up. And he says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And then he's like, two thirds will be thrown in the fire, or thrown away, and then a third will be thrown in the fire to be refined. And uh, he says, and then they will call upon my name. But again, it's like all confusion and everything is going wrong. But it's because God is having to do something new. Right. And And no one understands it. And no one understands it. So why
1: would he strike down the shepherd next to him? Exactly. Why would his son be killed? Right. Because... To atone for the sins, to gain the access Mm -hmm. to the inheritance, to Mm -hmm. be a better shepherd. And the sheep will scatter.
0: They will scatter, but he will collect
1: his sheep. And the sheep will hear his voice Mm -hmm. and know his name. Yeah, this is such a transition. Mm -hmm. Like, Zechariah, I never...
0: So the old covenant's being broken. The new covenant is being... Set up, and it's all confusing.
1: Yes. Oh wow. And so God gives visions, and then just gives straight prophecy here. Mm-hmm. You know? But the end of it is living waters, king over all the earth, kind of stuff, and Jerusalem shall dwell securely. Like you will be holy. Like the <clears throat> horses are going to be holy to the Lord. Everything yeah. is like re. It's like recreation. It it also anticipates what we're going to read in Revelation about like a holy city. So mm-hmm. this is where. The transition is also confusing because it goes transitioning to a suffering servant, King mm-hmm. Jesus, Shepherd Jesus, to um, the eternal, glorified, uh, all-powerful all powerful King Jesus at the end. Yes. And so that's what I see Zechariah doing, mm-hmm. too. It's mixing like mm-hmm. Jesus has come, that is the end. Oh, but the end is when he comes again, and he'll come all divinity. Yeah. This time he came in mostly all humanity.
0: So chapter 14 kind of does, uh, have the pattern of, look, God's people are going to be attacked, but the Lord will seek vengeance. He he will protect and defend his people. He even says he will show up as a man and stand on the Mount of Olives, which is like, whoa, that's intense. And will shelter his people there. And then, uh, and then yes. And then living waters will flow out from Jerusalem just like uh, Ezekiel saw the yeah. living waters flowing out from the temple. <clears throat> and, and then it's the whole earth will turn, all the nations will turn and worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh,
1: wow, all right. I mean, and that's at the end of it all, it's just no. there's a day when God will uh, use his power to crush the enemies and make all things new. And he started that in the work, the right. death and resurrection of Christ, and he will continue it at Christ's, he'll finish it at Christ's second coming. And all who are wearing the white robes and uh, whose sins have been washed by the blood of the Lamb will be in that holy city. Woo! We made it.
0: <clears throat> End of Zechariah. Right. Our New Testament reading for today is Revelation chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 17. Last
1: New Testament book.
0: The book everyone's been waiting for. Everyone's been s- asleep through this whole thing oh. until we say the words Revelation. Like, and what? we're just going to oh, be I? like, "Yeah, it's okay.
1: It's, <laughs> yeah, we're going to quit. We. This is where we quit. Um, so Revelation, what is so cool about reading through the scriptures and then getting to Revelation is that all of the imagery is nothing, there's nothing it's new. not new at all. In fact, every time I've read Revelation, I'm like, I don't get it. Bronze, but you know, uh, bronze legs, fiery eyes, red hair, uh, linen robe, and and now since you've been tracking with us for 344 days, you see all these things in Revelation and go, "Oh, yeah, heard that before. Mm -hmm. That's totally Jesus. That's Mm -hmm. totally God. That's how he shows up. Oh, those are his signs and symbols. That's who he is. It's so great. It's we're not like completely lost. Um, So as we approach revelation it's important to realize uh, again apocalyptic literature similar to ezekiel and daniel and zechariah which means it's to uncover or to reveal things i know we were like the apocalypse and to us that means the death of all things Mm -hmm. but really apocalypse means the revealing revealing of truth of Mm -hmm. true things and so when you approach revelation realize that uh it's a revelation of what God sees going on in the yeah. world. It's, it's the things that are happening that we don't see, and, and they're mean, being made known to us. Now, because of that, there's certain types of apocalyptic literature. This one exclusively uh, uses just imagery.
0: Yes. And visions, so and-
1: visions and <clears throat> angels are making it known, but they're not always interpreting, although in chapter one, we do get a little interpretation. Yeah. But um, basically, That's how you have to approach this, and...
0: um, Also, I mean, if we've just gone through Ezekiel, Daniel, and Zechariah, and this book sits right next to them. Like, it is not any different from what they experienced.
1: And check this out. We believe it's written, it's composed circa 95 AD.
0: Yeah, so that's... Up for debate? Up for debate. Um, It doesn't matter, though, to me, because... It's, yeah, so it's, it's the big the big deal is if it was written before the destruction of the second temple or after the destruction of the second temple. But here's
1: what I'm here's what I'm gonna say. It doesn't matter to me because mm-hmm. Ezekiel was written before the the temple the first temple is destroyed and after the the temple is destroyed, right? Like uh, Isaiah is yes. written before the yes, temple is destroyed. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Daniel's written after the yeah, temple is destroyed. Yeah, it's all around it. It's yeah. all around it. So. The date for me is uh, seventy A.D. This new, it's like second slash third temple is gonna be is literally destroyed, mm-hmm. and so it makes so much sense now to have apocalyptic literature, literature to a prophet <clears throat> to John the Apostle, yeah, around the time of another temple, yes, like yes. because God is saying either it's in the future or it's already happened. Like that's not where I'm working anymore. Right. We've tried it and it's failed. And I'm, I have done something new in my son, Jesus Christ, and now you are the temple. And so all this, so that's why 95 or even before 70 AD is important. It's this, almost the same context. Mm-hmm. Yes. Temple is impending doom or it's already been destroyed. Um, John, though, this is the John who wrote the Gospel of John. He's been exiled to the island of Patmos in the Mediterranean Sea where uh, because he's preached the Word of God there's mm-hmm. persecution so we know that there's persecution against the Christian Church um, but <clears throat> that the Christian Church has already taken off because he's going to be writing at the beginning of this book to the churches
0: yeah and he he's known for uh, traditionally and because of some of the context clues within the Bible uh, to have gone out to the churches in Asia mm-hmm. and that was he was kind of the apostle for the Asian churches and so when he starts off his uh, this letter, it's not a surprise that he's writing to seven churches that are in Asia.
1: Right, and <clears throat> this is one of the few places, too. Like, well, we starts off where um, an angel is going to give John the words. Like, so that's how we know this is apocalyptic, it's a mm-hmm. vision. But what's interesting about this book, I can't think of any other book that says this. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it mm-hmm. and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And again, you have to remember that all these letters were read out loud to their churches. It wasn't. There was no printing press. People didn't have individual copies of these things. And so, But it's the idea that you're blessed if you read this. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be blessed, and then, and then you keep it. And so we'll give you the spoiler alert. The whole idea here is to show you the the spiritual realities of what we know by faith. Right. So we know by faith, we trust in Christ, but we live in this world of sin and struggle and and death. But there's a spiritual reality going on too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's one where God is already establishing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so hold on. Yeah. And then he says, the time is near. So, we have to get into this. It's like, uh, I want to spend time talking about each
0: verse. Um, yeah, so... But we can't. So, the idea, the initial idea is he's writing to seven churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... and he has these messages from angels and from Jesus himself. Yes. There's a lot of red letters in this one.
1: Yes, we haven't seen red letters since uh, Acts. Mm-hmm.
0: And so uh, we, he makes his general greeting in the first part, and then, uh, then he hears, you just want to jump in, he hears, uh, mm-hmm. well, he was in this, oh, this is a good, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. This yes. is when the vision comes to him.
1: One, so one of the ideas is the Lord's Day. So we're just trying to hit hit some little high points here because that's what we're doing and put together the story for you. So we're not going to answer every wild question about the end times, or but we are going to track the narrative through Revelation. The one idea, though, is we worship on Sundays. It's not the Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday, mm-hmm. but we worship on Sunday because Christ rose on Sunday, and because John here in Revelation says the Lord's Day, which had already become a tradition to worship on Sunday, yep. the eighth day, the new yeah. the new uh, creation day, where Christ rose from the dead, um, that's a good catch. Mm-hmm. I also like how he says, um, okay, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. So oh, he's introducing yeah. this idea of seven spirits before his throne and from, so that's who this letter is from, mm-hmm. remember that, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, like our high priest, yes. first born of the dead, he's resurrected, and king, ruler of kings on earth. He's our king. So he's like our prophet, our priest, our king. It's so great. And he's freed us. I mean, I just have to read it to set it all up. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom priest priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who was, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I bring this up because there's been confusion in our time about uh, God secretly coming back and doing things. And in Acts, the angel says, the same way Jesus was taken up from you when he ascended to heaven in the clouds and people saw it is the same way he'll come back. Mm-hmm. That's reiterated here. Like he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Yes. That there are no secrets, that um, he is coming back. He is the Alpha and the Omega. To him be glory forever and ever. Uh, amen. <clears throat> and we yes. are his priests. All right, so that's the setup. Yes. I think we forget. We just think it's like some random messages from God. But this is a legit letter to the people mm-hmm. of God to comfort them and remind them who they are and who God is especially. Yeah.
0: Boom. Vision. Let's All right, go. so John's on the island in exile. Mm-hmm. He's worshiping on the Lord's Day. In the spirit, and he hears a voice saying, write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, uh, yeah, Pergamum. There you go. Thyatira. to Sardis. Sardis. Philadelphia and Laodicea. Laodicea. You haven't preached through this before, have you? No. Yeah. You learn how to say it when you preach through them. Uh, the seven churches. The seven churches. Then he turns around. Here we go. And he sees something
1: very familiar. Okay, so you just say it every time I, we, we read something that we've seen before in the scriptures. I'll go ding, 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 ding.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So he turns around. He sees seven golden lampstands. Ding,
1: ding, 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 ding.
0: In the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, (laughs) clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs on his head were white, like the white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. Oh, ding, ding, ding. And in his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in full strength.
1: So the only one I haven't heard before was in his hand he held seven stars. Yeah. So what was cool about reading this was going we have heard Ezekiel describe this, Daniel describe this, Moses. Moses (laughs) described this like god is consistent man like he is who he is when he He shows up and and so it's either an angel or or, anyway no no
0: you you look at this and you go this is the ancient of days yes 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 (laughs) this is the ancient of days from daniel and he even says he introduces himself so he's uh,
1: among the lampstands yes so we we just read about the The, lampstands, the
0: seven lamp yeah the menorah basically which was God's eyes, and so to even connect that, the churches are God's eyes across the earth. Oh wow! Let's connect. And also, that for it's a like the word of God though yes.
1: going out because the church—it's yes. His eyes, His ears. So that's yeah. why we pray to Him and talk mm-hmm. to Him because He sees and hears in this church.
0: Yeah. Okay, we got to keep going. Woo!
1: So in His hand He held seven stars, yeah. um, and when He saw Him, oh, this sounds familiar. I fell at His feet, though dead. Ding yes. ding 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 ding! Just like Daniel and all the greats. All the greats. But he said, fear not, I am the first and the
0: last. Uh, After he laid
1: his hand on him to raise him up. The living one. I died and behold, I am alive. So in Revelation, it keeps saying the beginning and the end. The Alpha Mm -hmm. and the Omega. Because he's the creator and he is the finisher
0: of death. So we have an image of the Ancient of Days, what Daniel saw. And... He is introducing himself as Jesus, the one who died and rose again Mm -hmm. and lives forevermore. So he is now seeing Jesus in his full glory.
1: Full glory, full divinity. You're right, because it's not a mystery anymore like it was to the other guys. Like, I saw one, like, he's like, okay, this is Jesus. Then I have the keys to death and Hades. Yeah. Okay. Write these things down. And then he explains the mystery. Mm Mm-hmm. Those that are and that, okay, so this is important. Right there for the things that you've seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this, Mm -hmm. which is classic prophecy. There are things happening right now, there's an immediate application and a future Future application. application. Perfect. That's a good catch. Yes. Um, I mean, he says it, he's telling us how to interpret this. And for the mystery, and then he says, here's the seven stars that you saw in my right hand. And the golden lampstands, seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Seven, number of perfection. It's not... I mean, he's going to address seven specific churches. Mm -hmm. There's an immediate application, but the application is for all the churches. I like that the stars, there's angels assigned to each church, which makes sense. We already know there's a hierarchy of angels, Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't there be over the church? Yes. So your church has an angel. That's what that means. Now we get into because uh, we only have a couple minutes here. The letters. I want you to say something. I want this is red letters, right? So this is Jesus. Jesus wants to say some things. I almost feel like this is the most red letters we've yeah. seen. Period. You don't when you think of red letters, do you ever think of Revelation? Not really. No, you think of the Gospels. But Jesus speaks in Revelation. He is the guy, the ancient yeah. of days. What? Okay. He's the beginning and the end. So he writes to the seven churches. We will cover three of those churches today very quickly. First, Ephesus. Mm-hmm. He writes, um, I know your works and your patient endurance, and how basically you have good theology. Yeah. You can't stand the evil. But the one problem for you is you've lost your first love. Yeah. So repent, like bring back love, which happens when mm-hmm. you're so. What's happened to me, you get so focused on theology, you don't really know how to love people properly. Right. You're still focused on love, you don't keep any theology. And so his solution to this church is, repent, mm-hmm. and uh, or else I'll take my light from you.
0: Okay. I return, and then he says to them, to the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God.
1: Right. So the one who conquers, again, here's how you conquer. You repent and say, oh, yeah, Lord, thanks. This isn't a crushing blow. Like, whoa, we've been bad, and we haven't loved. He's like, no, no, I love you guys. You're going to walk through some more stuff, Mm -hmm. and you're going to need to remember your first love. Right. And if you can hold on and conquer, you can repent, and trust me, when you fail at loving, I will grant you the tree of life in the paradise of God, Eden. Eden, yes. Okay, then to Smyrna, guess what? Smyrna doesn't get a rebuke. You know why? because they're going to go through awful poverty and tribulation, yes. which reminded me when Paul wrote to Thessalonians, the church, he didn't have to rebuke people going through tribulation because mm-hmm. they're already unified. Yeah. They're already being scattered or freaked out. And the ones who are receiving the letter are like, dear Jesus, help us. And that's what he says. He goes, don't fear what you're about to suffer. You're going to be tested, but just be mm-hmm. faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So the encouragement is, the second death is the judgment. You walk through the baptisms Mm -hmm. of water, your flesh, you die. But the second death, you'll stand up. Um, And so there's no rebuke because the world is rebuking you so badly. Yes. And so uh, hang on.
0: Hang on. There's eternal life for you.
1: Pergamum, they're a little different. They actually uh, seem to allow some sexual immorality and yeah. idolatry because Balaam's name is dropped. And if you remember yes. Balaam...
0: He he advised Balak, the Moabite king who wanted to curse them and to... The only way to curse God's people is to lead them into sexual immorality and to align themselves with pagan gods. And... But you guys did good at first. You didn't
1: crumble yeah. under pressure. You had an Antipas, a horrible... Uh, he was killed. And he was martyred. It's like the only martyr mentioned yeah. in Revelation.
0: And he's recognizing too, like Jesus is recognizing... I understand the city you live in is oh, like yes. a mecca. He calls it Satan's throne. He
1: goes, I know where you dwell, where Satan's
0: throne is. He's like, it's, and what we know from history is it was like a mecca for pagan shrines. And so the churches there nice. were just surrounded by incredible temptation. So he's like, look, repent, turn away from it, and to the one that conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except for the one who receives That's it.
1: It's so cool. So you live in an awful godless place. He's like, you're tempted to partake of some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but repent. And what we've learned through the story is repentance is the engagement and opening of God's grace. Right. So again, it sounds bad, like these churches were bad. It's like, no, these churches live in a broken world. Right. And so repentance opens up his grace, which leads to, in their particular case, Hidden manner, because mm-hmm. you live in a place like that. You figure provision and food yep. and stuff is going to be withheld because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't believe the right things, and and then a new name written on a stone.
0: Yeah, and so a building block of the uh, temple. A building block of the temple. Also, stones were used used like special stones would be used as uh, invite cards. Okay, perfect. So invitations to the great banquet.
1: So at the end of today's reading. Uh, it's very clear that Jesus is in control,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what I like about this is every church on the earth has an angel. God is meeting them. In this vision, he's meeting symbolically every church, and he's saying, I know where you're strong, I know where you're weak, I know the city you live in, and I will help you overcome it. So repent in that area, trust me, and there's something great for you. Yes repent trust me there's something great for you you can we'll let the holy spirit apply that to your life today however and wherever you are
0: today we're going to read uh, psalm chapter 140 verses 1 through 5 hmm. deliver me o lord from evil men preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their heart and stir up wars continually They make their tongues sharp as serpents, and under their lips is the venom of asps. Guard me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have planned to trip up my feet. The arrogant have hidden a trap for me, and with cords they have spread a net. Beside the way they have set snares for me.
1: been fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we'll talk to you next time